Welcome to episode 44 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Portal. As always, you can find all things Left Behind Game Club at leftbehindgame.club, on Twitter at leftbehindclub, on Instagram at leftbehindgameclub, and you can join our Discord. You can find the link to that on our website. We spent most of the episode talking about Portal and Mirror's Edge, but we got into a small conversation about a hypothetical Half-Life 3. Um, and, and so I remember, especially when Portal came out and the gravity gun was around, everyone was like, oh man, I there's clearly a tie between uh, Portal and the Half-Life universe, and I would love to have a Half-Life game with a Portal gun. That would be actually pretty sick. Maybe in Half-Life 3 coming out in 3033. It is never coming out. Gabe Newell is too busy with knives and making lots of money to make a Portal game. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him. His name is Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about a great game. Let's talk about a great game with our second friend. His name is Mo Murtadi. Hello. What's up, guys? So today we're talking about a game from the yesteryear of 2007. Uh, Today we are talking about... Portal. Classic. Uh, this is a game that was developed and published by Valve on October 10th, 2007. It is a puzzle platformer. Gentlemen, let's just talk about a good video game. Yeah, it was Guys, good. do you remember when Valve made video games? Can we, can, <laughs> we, can we just address the elephant in the room right now? Where is Half-Life 3? Let's just, let's just get to that. This is the, the, we had a podcast about Portal, but we're going to talk about why Half-Life 3 isn't out yet. <laughs> I just want to know, are you the person that has created that Twitter account? Is Half-Life 3 out yet? No, man. I, I didn't, but I just always wonder. I feel like now they can't release it. This is That's my stance. I know there's a lot of people wondering, but I feel like they can't do it. Because whatever they release is not going to be good enough. I feel like they're never going to make another real video game ever again, as Michael kind of alluded to. I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, I feel like it could never live up to the hype. Yep. But we're not here to talk about Half-Life. We are here to talk about Portal, correct? So, Jacob, I, I remember vaguely the year 2007. And I remember vaguely that this game had something to do with some, I think, MIT Media Lab students. Yeah, um, so so you're, what you're... What's the background of this? You're very close. They are uh, they're kids. I say kids. Students from DigiPen made this game in 2005 called Narbacular Drop. And this game was essentially like the framework that set up Portal. Now, I think what happened is that these kids were brought on to Valve to make a real game. And Portal is said real game. They were hired and created Portal which was a, essentially a spiritual successor to this game. So the whole premise behind it is you have this portal gun. And this portal gun, um, you start out by just shooting one portal, but eventually you get a portal gun that lets you shoot two portals, one blue and one orange, that will allow you to solve puzzles by quickly moving either between rooms, having objects come to you, and really it just goes on from there. Um, this game released... 
Um, it was a Source Engine game, which for those of you kind of following at home, uh, Half-Life 2, uh, T- uh, Team Fortress 2, uh, there are a ton of games that came out on Source. In addition, um, it was also released, in addition to being released on Windows, Linux, and um, on Mac, it was released uh, on the Orange Box on Xbox 360 and PS3, along with four other games as well. Yeah. So I initially played this game as part of the Orange Box, I believe on my Xbox 360, and then again later played it on my PC, uh, you know, for nice shinier graphics. Uh, Mo, have you played this game before? Yeah, I, I think I followed the same path as you, but it was on Steam. This was probably one of the first big purchases I made on Steam was the orange box because it was like the total value bang for the buck. Did, did the orange box come with TF2? Do you guys remember? Yeah, it did. So the orange box came with Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2 Episode 1, Half-Life 2 Episode 2, Portal, and Team Fortress 2. Yeah, so... What a value. I, I definitely... That's, that's how I got into all of those and... I wouldn't have known about Half-Life because I don't think I would have bought that game unless I got it on the orange box. And having a small library back then, it kind of I was forced to play it because I think I might have paid twenty to thirty bucks. But it was so many good games and TF2, uh, Team Fortress 2. I've put hundreds of hours into that. I still play it to this day, like once in a while when I'm like looking for something different. I'll jump back into into uh, TF2 and that's it, it, it was awesome. The orange box was great. We know you're a demo. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I'm an engineer. Coincidentally, oh, really? I'm an engineer in TF2, and I'm an engineer in life. Haha, look at that. Look how things happen. <laughs> no, anyways. <laughs> it's foretold. Yeah. No, I, I love I loved TF2. I loved Half-Life. Portal was also a nice little gem in the package. And um, uh, let, let's get into it, guys. Um, Jacob, you did touch on the uh, the mechanics of like the portal gun. But even b- before that, they kind of start you off very ground zero. No portal guns whatsoever. Uh, they you wake up kind of in this cube, and some lady talks to you. Yeah, so uh, I had played this game for... I looked at my Steam library before I started, and I played this game for 33 minutes, uh, which means that I first played it and then bounced off hard. Uh, and that's because I'm not good <laughs> at video games. And, you know, when I was a high schooler, when this game first came out, 11 years ago, uh, I was like immediately like, no, nope, this is too hard for me. Like, if I have to use a guide, I'm not going to play it. So you're dropped in, and they actually, like, start the ramp really, really nicely, where there's a computerized voice who is, it starts off very pleasantly, and is like, you need to get this portal gun. You need to use this portal gun to solve, or, or you need to explore this facility. And then, like, the computer voice just gets more and more maniacal as time goes on. So yeah, initially you actually don't even go to that portal gun. Um, when they when you wake up in your little box and that voice kind of talks to you, it kind of says, "Hey, like you're in this, you're a test subject more or less. We're gonna run some tests, and you're you're kind of okay with it." And they, she, I I want to say she or he for the time being. Um, is like you need to advance through this next stage and try to move forward and you start moving around some cubes and try to get to the end of the current like test base before you even like get that gun so they start you very ground zero and move you up step by step by step and kind of challenge you every little bit of the way um i think once you get the gun that's when it kind of starts getting really fun and they you're able to learn hey you can create like an entrance and an exit and you can put it on any standard like white wall within your little test room. Um, how did you guys find the first like ramp up slash couple levels? So this game, I think, was incredibly good at holding your hand and teaching you how to play the game. Each 
different uh, level, each successive uh, challenge room, I guess, uh, teaches you a different concept that you need to learn, whether it's, okay, this is how you use this portal. This is how you develop momentum. This is how you uh, solve multiple puzzles with limited resources. Um, This is how you do things that you never thought would have been possible. Um, And, and, you know, channel energy and and link multiple portals together to get uh, an orb of energy from one space to another. They did a fantastic job of teaching you. And I do not remember flying through the game as fast the first time as I did now. Um, But even then, I remember never being stuck on a puzzle for too long and never feeling like it was actually impossible uh, because they do such a good job of making sure that you feel like the previous level is not that much more difficult than what you're currently on. So you know you have the tools. You just need to figure out how to do it. I know that The the Witness is an entirely different game, um, but it's one that we played previously. First-person puzzle game, kind of like this. Um, I just want to compare them as far as difficulty goes. So for me, The Witness was like skull-crushingly difficult in some ways, and there were very, like, I don't know if it was because I there was a time pressure or because um, just I'm not very good at video games, uh, but I just couldn't wrap my head around it and I didn't have as much fun as Portal, only because of how, like you said, the ramp was great, but also the amount of cues that they put in for players to look at. So even the small things, like when you start to learn about momentum and when they start to teach you that, like, if you jump from... Um, I'm making hand movements, uh, let's say 10 feet high. If you jump from 30 feet high, the how fast you come out of the portal will be different. And they actually illustrate that on the floor or on the wall by putting little dots, whether it's one dot, two dots, three dots, just to be like, hey, this is the first, the first height. This is the second height. This is the third height. And then even little signs on the wall that are, you know, showing you little cartoon drawings of a man going through a portal and then coming out. To me, it was those little cues and how, like, subtly the difficulty kind of ramped that made me really enjoy Portal. Like, I was dreading playing this game, and I was delightfully surprised at how how quickly I took to it. Yeah, I remember my first playthrough, Jacob, I was in the same boat. There's something that kind of gets stuck on, but those little, like, signs and cues and, like, uh, illustrations that explain momentum and jumping in general, I've never seen that done in a game where, like, it's they're kind of showing you what you might be able to do, but they're not giving you the actual solution. It's saying, hey, maybe kind of try this or see what the picture's doing. Um, I loved it. I loved the, the, the challenge, especially, like, once you actually do something unique, like jumping from, let's say, 30 feet in the air through the ground. That way you can launch yourself back through that original portal and project yourself another 30 feet forward. It's so cool. And the, one of my favorite parts about that, too, the, I think the first time that you actually launch yourself when you learn about momentum, you, you hear that, like, robotic voice go, wee. <laughs> <laughs> I did really enjoy that. Yeah, it's, I love the monotone Which, voice. Yeah, I think one of the things that is fantastic about this game is that it could have been just a very well-designed puzzle game, uh, but the writing is so fantastic throughout. Um, If I remember correctly, I think it's Eric Wolpaw that's the writer for Portal. And not only is the the dialogue from GLaDOS uh, and from the little turrets funny... um, and not only do they do a great job of giving you some like mystery and pulling you through the game, but there's also these you know side elements that I don't think needed to be part of the game, 
like the little caverns and um, behind the the panels where you could go and see people uh, who had drawn um, drawn the cake is the lie and uh, all the companion cube art all over the place. Uh, they do a fantastic job building a story in a world around aperture science uh, and making it something that's that's felt lived in um, and with a lot of personality. Yeah, and it's I think it's worthwhile to note that um, Wolpaw, um not only wrote on Portal uh, and Portal 2, but he also did a lot of writing on Psychonauts and is doing writing on Psychonauts 2. So um, just kind of tying those those two together, the writing in this game. I don't think there was a ton of it, but whatever writing there was was great. Yeah, I think it was well done. I think Mike touched on it really quickly too, but it's also like touched on pop culture a lot. Like that cake is a lie thing. Um, if you hear someone mention it, you immediately kind of think of, hey, it's from Portal. You, you kind of build that rapport with someone right away. Oh, this guy definitely played. Oh, yeah. It's like a gaming staple. If you bring that up, people know, yeah, you played Portal. It's uh, I, I liked it. I liked playing that. And it the, the back storyline, the side storyline, and the writing in it, The one of my favorite parts is they, the the robot. I can't – correct me if I, I – I don't know the name, but uh, the robot person who's talking to you the entire time. GLaDOS. Yeah, okay, GLaDOS. Um, always leading you on. You kind of sense something is fishy, like as if like they don't have the best interest of you. Um, and eventually later on you find out, hey, something's really weird going on. And then you end up getting to yeah, the Yeah, the, the untrustworthy narrator, similar to uh, – what is it? HAL 3000 in, uh, spa- in 2001, A Space Odyssey. Um, it, it, she's it constantly 9, lying to you. How nine thousand? It might be nine thousand. Um, I I trust you there. Um, but but what you find is that she's consistently lying to you throughout and saying this puzzle is impossible. I'm sorry for putting you in this place, in this impossible puzzle. And then when you make it through, she says like, oh, you know, I was we were just testing you, uh, or we were just testing your resolve, and you've passed with flying colors. And after each successive puzzle, there's more and more lies that stack up until you eventually find the truth. That mm-hmm. the cake is a lie. Uh, can I just share something that like really surprised me about this game? Absolutely. I had like no spoilers about this thing. I don't know how I avoided spoilers on Portal for 11 years, but I just thought that this game was strictly about like solving puzzles in a facility. Like, <laughs> I had literally zero knowledge of Portal coming into this. I'm like, ah, Portal, orange and blue. Uh, cube with a with a heart on it. I don't know, um, but what I really appreciated as well, in addition to the things we've already covered, is how like it takes a, a hard right turn at about like the I don't know the eighty percent of the game mark in a way that I really didn't expect. I think that's what like a lot of people did playing the game initially, and he probably even to this day, no one really. I don't know if there's that much like coverage on it in general and knowing that there is kind of a trick in the end. No one really talks about it that way unless you've listened to a podcast before about Portal. When you come in playing it, I don't think you are expected to know that, hey, something fishy is happening in the end, but it's done so well and so tastefully. I, I really liked it. I really liked it. Well, yeah, especially how like you go from these very clean laboratory environments. Uh, the game on the wall, if you pass by any wall, it's like, hey, you have, I think the number is 19 puzzles to solve. So, you know, I, I kind of knew going into this game was, you know, about two to four hours, depending on how quickly you can do the puzzles. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, I'll get to the end of this and then uh, it'll be done. And then like hard right turn, you immediately like exit the, the very clean laboratory looking parts of the facility and like get into some really grungy stuff. Why don't we talk about our favorite levels? 
Yeah, I can go first because there's one late game. Um, I, I, sorry, guys, I don't know the actual name of the actual level, but you'll know it as soon as I explain it. It's the one where you have to keep continuously, like almost uh, trampolining yourself up and down until you see a higher place to launch your portal. And then you can shoot through that one and then find another place that's higher up and you're continuously like flying up and down. You almost feel like sick watching the game itself <laughs> trying to progress through. That one was probably my favorite because I really loved the gravity. I really loved like the momentum you'd have to build and like just fighting through to get to that next scene. I think that one was probably my favorite and the one I'll, I'll always remember. Um, Jacob? I think my favorite one was uh, one of the later... Um one of the later levels where you actually have to like combat a lot of uh, turrets. And I think the funnest part in this game for me is literally just, I don't know how you guys dealt with turrets, whether it was like putting a portal underneath it or trying to shoot a companion cube at it. But my favorite thing was just literally like sneaking up behind it and walking into it and knocking it over. So it just like, and starts flailing about and shooting everywhere. Um, So I think that one of the later levels, I believe it might be 15, Uh, or 16 where you have to go and take down like a ton of turrets that was my favorite level those little turrets are hilarious yeah is that the one that when you're in like that giant like fortress where they're all in like walls um like it's almost like a a boss type level where there's maybe like eight of them pointing inwards you have to somehow jump through and like take them down i used the technique of literally dropping portals underneath them and dropping them from the ceiling as often as i could Uh, (laughs) no that one wasn't my favorite my favorite was the one where you had to like go into different parts of the room and there may be glass between you and the turret and there's actual buttons where you have to like lift certain parts like lift doors yeah Um, i think it's actually right before or one or two before the one that you went through but i i really did like uh like combating turrets it was the closest thing to an enemy in this game besides the final boss. Mike? You know, I have a tough time coming back to what my favorite level is. Um, but I because I, I honestly did enjoy all of the puzzles, I think the one that I felt the most satisfaction um, was when GLaDOS was continuously telling me that it was impossible and I was able to solve it. Um, I think it was a fairly early level. I think it must have been within the first 10 or 15 um, but there was something so rewarding about at the end of it, GLaDOS saying like, oh yeah. And by the way, that was just us testing your resolve. <laughs> um, it, I think it was a combination of the puzzle and the writing, um, which I think says a lot about, you know, what, what portal is like. It, it's more than just a puzzle game. There's, there's a story, there's a world and, and it creates a compelling environment for you to continue to push forward and to want to figure out what's next to want to uh, solve these next puzzles beyond the sake of feeling the joy of solving a puzzle. Mm -hmm. Did any of you guys use a walkthrough? Because I have to confess that I did use it once. And it was only like the the final, final bit before GLaDOS where you kind of have to figure out that you have to look up at the ceiling where a ceiling fan is to kind of point out the spot to shoot your portal. I only had to use it once, though. And to me, that's like a testament to like the difficulty ramp. Mo? Yeah, see, I knew it. I knew you were going to use a portal. When you said you finished it in three hours, I said, there's no way. But you know what? Benefit of the doubt. Maybe Jacob <laughs> figured it out. But no, like I remember when I originally played it, Jacob, I think I might have used a walkthrough just to figure out one of the levels. I can't remember which one, but I think it was near the end when you had to 
time, like a wall bounce from those energy beams, open up a gate that only opened up for like five seconds. I just couldn't figure it out. So I used it then. This time around, though, I remembered every little quirk. And if I didn't, I kind of knew all the quirks of Portal in general. So it was pretty, pretty brisk. And I didn't need one this time around. But I, I can see why you would some other time. <laughs> <laughs> no. I can't remember if the first time that I played this game, I used a walkthrough. Um, I know this time I didn't. And, and all the puzzles felt familiar and, and like something I had done previously. Um, I did look up this time, I think it was Puzzle 13, where uh, you needed to open up one door and you had two companion cubes. Um, and there were two slots that you had to put it on. And um, there were three slots total that you could have. And so I ended up finding a way to sneak the first companion cube that you needed to open up the first gate beyond into the second and have them both placed on the pedestals um, but the door wouldn't open even though it said both plates were depressed um, and so I just double checked it to make sure that you know it wasn't a bug and that I, I did have it correct um, and, and I realized that I needed to have all three done and I needed to be standing on one of those so it, it was just more of a double check it was not something that I you know hadn't been able to figure out it, it was more just making sure my game wasn't buggy. Um, can I ask about the weighted companion cube with the heart on it? Uh, was that supposed to be funny? I, I don't I don't think I got the humor there. Uh, no, I don't think it was supposed to be funny. I think it was more or less <laughs> just like um, j- like adding more life to the game. Get, maybe adding a little bit of humanity to the robot, saying, "Hey, this is your friend. Let's like make make it your friend. Treat it with care." It's like it's not. I don't think it was a funny thing. It was just more or less a quirk of like them trying to make the AI as human as possible and connecting with you, the player. I think that was all it was. Uh, I definitely found it funny and charming and charming. Um, the, the very first time that I played this game, I looked for every possible way I could advance without destroying the companion cube. <laughs> um, because at that point, you know, GLaDOS is screwing with you and not being straightforward and honest. Um, and you do realize that this cube is just a little bit different than the others. It's got a heart on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do remember it being something that I, I smirked at. And I think that's a lot of what happened in the game when I was playing it for the first time. Um, this time, I, I don't feel like I had the same reaction. Um, but when I think back to what the general reaction was to this game, it was it was very much in that vein of people find it charming, cute, entertaining um something that would give you a a smile and a a little chuckle um and you know i remember seeing a ton of fan content around portal you know as mo said there was a lot of the cake is a lie wallpapers floating around there was a lot of uh great one-liners of glados that were in forum signatures um throughout the gaming web um it was a great time uh to be playing games and, and i I definitely remember those those times fondly. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, like that game won like every game of the year award, or at least a lot of the major game of the year awards that year. Um, if and also, if I'm remembering correctly, and Mike, this is more a, a question for you. Um, what I remember people talking about, apart from the puzzles, was uh, around the Source Engine. And how like the Source Engine was the the engine for physics at least for a little while. 
Because that was a big Absolutely. deal with Half-Life 2, right? Absolutely, yeah. There was a gravity gun. I'm going to make a connection so, that, that that might not connect. Sorry, Mike, did you have uh, something else? Uh, well, just that one of the one of the amazing things in Half-Life 2 was uh, the gravity gun and the way that the world interacted more like a real world than pretty much any other game that had come at that point without being a pure simulation. Um, and, and so I remember, especially when Portal came out and the gravity gun was around, everyone was like, oh, man, I there's clearly a tie between uh, Portal and the Half-Life universe, and I would love to have a Half-Life game with a Portal gun. Mm. That would be actually pretty sick. Maybe in Half-Life 3, coming out in 3033. <laughs> it is never coming out. Gabe Newell is too busy with knives and making lots of money to make a Portal game. Yeah, it's going to be like Star Wars. They're going to wait like 30 years, and then they're going to release Half-Life 3, and it's going to be terrible, and it's also going to be a meme about how terrible it is. It's... It's doomed to fail. Oh, boy. Well, why don't we talk about a very triumphant moment in this game, the final boss encounter with GLaDOS. Yeah, how unique was that? It was It was more or less you walk in and you kind of realize, holy smokes, this giant robot's going to kill me. It's in the center of this giant, like, traditional boss battle location. And it fires... No, it, it summons a rocket launcher minion that you have to kind of manipulate to take down... GLaDOS. I guess that's the, there's only one way to win, and that's to do that. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Yeah, I would say that that took me like the longest amount of time like to do just because there's multiple steps, right? So you have to um, figure out that, okay, this rocket is going to fire, and you know this because you just did it like maybe 20 minutes ago, is you position yourself so that you can see where the laser is going to be fired uh, from one portal to the other. So you fire it right at GLaDOS. And GLaDOS drops these orbs. And actually, right before the boss battle, there's just an orb there where you drop into, like, a fire pit. And it kind of teaches you, hey, you have to go up the stairs, you have to hit the button, you have to open the fire pit, you have to put the ball, like, the orb in the fire pit. And, like, teaches you that. And then it taught you about missiles, like, 20 minutes prior. So you have to put those two things together and hit GLaDOS with a bunch of rockets in six minutes uh, in order to, like, take the orbs off uh, GLaDOS's body and put them in these fire pits. What's uh, hard about it is it starts out very easy. It's like, hey, we're going to put this orb right out of reach, so you have to use your portal gun. Then it's like, actually, we're going to put it way up here, so you have to use your momentum to get on a platform. And then finally, you have to use it to, like, pick up an orb that's in midair. Yeah, that, that one was pretty tricky. I think the coolest part too, though, that we kind of skipped over is each orb is like a personality trait of GLaDOS. So like, I, I can't remember the, uh, any of them, but the evil, like demonic one, that's just like, you doing pretty much speaking in tongue and like scrambling around and has like the red eye and that's the evil mind of GLaDOS. Then there's another one that, I think the first one they kill was the empathy one, like the very kind one. When you, as soon as you blow that one up, all of a sudden her voice changes and she goes, thank you for doing that. Now I can be my true self or something along those lines. Like she becomes yeah. a lot colder, darker, and the kindness you saw earlier on in the game has been destroyed when you kill that first personality ball. Now I can prepare the neurotoxin that will kill you. Yes. I think, yeah, What my, my favorite thing, uh, the personality, was when one of them just literally starts like reading off a grocery list. I think that's the one time uh, yeah. where I was like literally laughing out loud because I just couldn't believe that I was holding this orb, my headphones on, it's right in front of my face, and it's just reading off, it's listing items. I was dying. 
Yeah, and also that one, that boss battle, the final one, is also the first time when there's that clock countdown. Like you have a finite amount of time to complete the task. I think it was five minutes or six minutes or so. I remember, I think my first playthrough way back when, I might have struggled with getting it done in time just because I was figuring out, like, oh, how do I do this? How do I win? Lots of saving and starting over again. This time, though, I, th- I got it my first, I guess, run through more or less. Um, yeah, but one thing I kind of want to touch on, touch on though, guys, is uh, it's kind of a stretch connecting these two games, but I feel like they're similar because of how different they were from any other games at the, at, in their time. So Portal was very unique in that there wasn't really that much fighting, like the Half-Life series, the entrance and exit thing that they kind of introduced was really, really unique. And the only time I remember seeing a game that was kind of different and just as kind of cool was Mirror's Edge. Uh, do you remember that game where you're kind of running on top of rooftops? It was very unique. There was no like temple run back then. It was the first time you saw something very unique and different. And you're like, whoa, okay, this is cool. No game has been like done like this. I, I kind of connect those two that way for some strange reason in my mind. There's definitely an aesthetic similarity between them. Very clean worlds, um, very clear colors guiding you from from one place to the next. Um, and also, I think the general non-combat nature of the game, it being more about puzzling, in the case of Mirror's Edge, running from one place to the next and getting to the goal in as short a time as possible. And in the case of Portal, just you know, making sure you get through these difficult. I want to be a positive optimist for a second. And I just want to say that like one of my favorite parts about games is they can be much like other mediums. They can be anything. And like you've said, Mo games like mirror's edge, which we should play for this podcast. Cause I hear it's real good. Uh, portal can just totally break the mold on expectations for puzzle games for first person games and I think it's just really cool when a game takes either like a preconceived notion about how a game should play or like completely comes up with something new like that's what I love about games and uh, I love I loved this game and I was really surprised that I loved it as much as I did because I came in and I, I'm going to be honest with you, I was really negative. I was not looking forward to playing this game. I played it in one sitting yesterday and I was enchanted from start to finish. Fun, fun little fact. I actually have never played Mirror's Edge. I, I might have played like a demo way back when um, and kind of seen videos on it. So if we're, if we're down to play it, guys, hey, maybe sometime in the future, let's, let's kind of lock that one in. Um, yeah, that, I, I like Portal. It was... Well-rounded, loved it back then. It was fine playing it this time around. I knew all the puzzles. So there was, I didn't get like the reward of like completing something tricky, like the satisfaction of completing a challenge. But it, it brought back some good memories. It still played well, still held up. If someone hasn't played, I still think they should kind of pick this one up. Yeah, I just want to make one note about it, um, and it's for people that want, maybe want to pick it up on a past generation console. Um, if you want to play it on PS3. Um, I know, I don't think either of you played it on PS3. I think we played it all on PC. Um, but I know that back in the day there were issues with performance on uh, games in the orange box. And I believe it's because Valve at first didn't handle the actual port of the game. And I mean, if you want to go back, you can read Portal or PS3. You can read orange box PS3 stuff all day long. Um, but I would probably say the ideal way to play it is PC. And you could probably get it for dirt cheap, probably even free in some instances on, on uh, Steam. Mike, do you have any final thoughts about Portal? Um, I know there was a while that Valve was giving out Portal for free uh, if you installed Steam. I don't know if that's still the case. 
But what I would say is that Portal is a fantastic game, and I would recommend it to absolutely everyone. I think the writing's amazing. I think the puzzles are fantastic. Um, not playing Portal 2 is one of my great regrets, and I cannot wait to play that now after having played this and realizing how uh, how much fun I had with it the first time and, and how much I look forward to more of it. Correct me if I'm wrong, Portal 2 is like co-op as well. Can't you play with someone, or is that just... Is there just an extra character? I believe you're right. I believe there's a uh, co-op if you want to. I think I have it, but I haven't finished it. I might have played a level. Uh, I have to look into my Steam library. But like you, Mike, I really want to play Portal 2. I might actually throw it in like the rotation sometime soon. Probably more likely than not. Let's yeah. tag team it, Mo. Oh, I'd love it's, to. It's dirt cheap. It's like 10 bucks. you can get it for. And like you guys, I'm really excited to play... Uh, to play Portal 2 sometime. But there's one thing that I just want to quickly say. Do you guys know what GLaDOS actually stands for? <gasps> I feel like I know this, but I can't remember it. So, Jacob, enlighten us. Michael, do you have a guess? Guess for us. I don't have a good one. Somebody guess. Don't Come on. Um, GLaDOS. It's the g- genuine <laughs> learning apparatus, Diane, your <laughs> soup. <laughs> There's no Y in there. Oh, I thought it was like Gladys Knight or something. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> uh, genetic life form and disc operating system. Oh, so close. I missed like one. Not grandma's like uh, dog. Diane. Outside. Soup. S- uh, Sinews. <laughs> so that was our portal episode after seven episodes of Hitman. I think it's great that we did a little tiny one. People were talking about Portal somewhere today. Mo, where were people talking about Portal today? Well, man, we've got the Rockin' Discord where all of our crew kind of chats out about all the games we play. Um, If you haven't joined that Discord server, you can check it out on leftbehindgame.club or leftbehindgameclub. We have a quick little link that you can click on and it'll throw you right into the discussion and chat with a bunch of cool peeps. There's a lot of discussion around Switch games. I I don't know if... I don't know if you guys know, but our Discord loves to talk about Nintendo Switch and every game that's being remastered for it. Really makes me want to go buy one. And Michael, you should go buy a Switch. (laughs) I think I might. Michael, if the folks want to find you on the internet, where can they do so? They can find me on the Discord in the hashtag game deals section looking for a (laughs) a good deal on a Switch. Uh, Or you can find me online most social places at Ruffalo, M-R-U-F-F-O-L-O-M uh, or you can find me at michaelruffalo.ca Mo, where can the, the folks find you? Oh, you can find me online on all social media platforms at mrutati um, or mrutati.com And if folks want to find me online they can find me on Pokemon Go uh, or they can find me at Jacob McCourt on all major social media platforms Michael, take us home And that, my friends, is one less game left behind.